Dr. Bruce Ellis Penson. With this episode, we begin a series on higher education, with particular attention on going to college or university for a bachelor's degree. Anytime one asks the question of whether something is worthwhile, the answer is going to be very much determined by how one asks the question and what the background assumptions might be. That's why I've used the term value, which can be determined on the basis of pragmatic things like future salary, but also on such intangibles as learning to think critically or discovering new and important things about the world. One can easily argue for the utterly pragmatic value of critical thinking on many different levels. Yet learning to think critically, remember, as I've said before, critical in its most basic meaning, which means simply to weigh, leading to both positive and negative evaluations. That's an important part of cutting through falsehoods, or even worse, semi-falsehoods, and getting to truth. Let's start with a piece by David Leonard titled, Is College Worth It? Subtitle, Clearly, New Data Say. That appeared in the New York Times in 2014. We could, of course, go back further than that. Yet the changes in views regarding the value of college just in the last decade is striking. I'm citing this article to establish a kind of baseline belief, namely the idea that's been around for a long time that college is always a good investment. As I say, that's been a guiding belief for many decades. Leonard starts by pointing out that the experience of college graduates is such that some of them who finish take a while to find a job. I've watched that happen over and over. Then there's the problem of finding a job, but being overqualified. That sort of problem can work itself out so that you just don't get hired because someone thinks you have too much education. Or it can work out such that you get the job, but you find it really unsatisfying. Despite those challenges, Leonard writes, Yes, college is worth it, and it's not even close. For all the struggles that many young college graduates face, a four-year degree has probably never been so valuable. The pay gap between college graduates and everyone else reached a record high last year, according to new data. So, at least on the face of it, the data seems well, pretty convincing. Leonard cites data that shows that people with college degrees earn more per hour than those without in the 1980s, the college educated made 64% more per hour than those with only high school diplomas. That number rose to 89% in 2008 and then 98% in 2013. One of the themes of Leonard's article is that there are more jobs that require a college education than there are graduates to fill them. We'll come back to this point later, but it's an important one. For the moment, we should note that the further data, according to a paper that appeared in the journal Science, is that not going to college will mean your lifetime earnings will be about 500000 or a half a million dollars less. The author of that paper is David Artur, and he pays close attention to the actual costs of attending college. Artur uses tuition fees, though I should point out that books can be a significant expense particularly if you're in the hard sciences. He subtracts those costs from one's total earnings. According to this data, 
Back in 1983, the net gain of a college education was roughly 250000 and now, according to the latest data, it's jumped to 500000 I should point out that Leonard recognizes that such calculations are rough in the sense that they can't account for many other differences between those who graduate and those who do not. Interestingly enough, the difference between college graduates is not even considered in this study. In fact, for the purposes of the study, college graduates are treated like a group in which there are no significant differences among them. That should cause you to ask questions about that. That should raise some red flags for you. It shouldn't be too hard to see that neglecting such differences makes the seemingly hardcore data sound considerably less hardcore. For there are vast differences in outcome from higher education that have to do with your major, when you happen to graduate, what kind of family resources you have, and so many other factors, you know, where you live, all kinds of things that would be impossible to take into account, all of them. One thing, though, that the data does confirm, and this comes as no surprise, is that those who have spent time and usually money working on a degree without finishing it do not experience a significant financial benefit. Unfortunately, the stats on students who do not finish a college degree are not encouraging. Consider these stats from an article in Forbes titled Shocking Statistics About College Graduation Rates. There are about 1 million students per year that drop out of college. Many students do not graduate in four years, and for many students, even after six years, they have still not graduated. It turns out uh, fewer than 60% have graduated. As the author of that article, Mark Kentrowitz, points out, college is a good investment, but only if you graduate. He also notes that, and I'm quoting here, Students who drop out of college are almost 100 times more likely to default on their student loans than students who graduate. That's a shocking number. Just a shocking number. Students who drop out of college are 100 times more likely to default on their student loans. And of course, one of those reasons is those student loans were supposed to guarantee a degree but when the degree is not in hand, then the loans are going to be much more difficult to repay. Perhaps the most important piece of data in Leonard's article is the fact that students who finished college had about $25,000 worth of loans at the end. He writes that this was just about the amount of debt he accumulated himself. While college debt is not the only financial aspect that should be considered, it's certainly a significant one at this point. I'm not sure what the average college debt might be today, but I'm absolutely sure that it's greater than 25000 for many students. Which means that college debt effectively plays a major role in the equation of, is college worth it? By the way, I can't help but point out that a number of the articles I consulted for this podcast have had more or less identical titles. Two articles that appeared recently, one in the New York Times, the other in Forbes, have identical titles. Does that count as plagiarism? I raise this question because 
we will be talking about plagiarism as part of this series on higher education. My short answer for now is simply this. No, it doesn't count as plagiarism because it's a common question that no one can claim to own. In other words, I don't think anyone is going to be calling either publication to complain of borrowing or plagiarism, such as, I first came up with that question, is college worth it? Or I deserve credit for that question. To provide one other benchmark for the typical American view that spending time in college is a good idea, let's consider the research presented by the Pew Foundation. In a report from 2016, we discover that, and now I'm quoting, roughly 6 in 10, 62% of college graduates with two or four year degrees think their degree was very useful for helping them grow personally and intellectually while roughly half think that it was very useful for opening up job opportunities, that's 53%, or for providing them with useful job-related skills and knowledge, that's 49%. All of that sounds pretty reasonable and not surprising. What is more surprising is that only 16% believe that a college degree leads to what Pew terms a well-paying job in today's economy. It's very hard, though, to know what to do with such a figure, since well-paying job is a term that would be defined very differently depending on your background, where you live, and the kinds of comforts you want to have. But what's particularly useful in the report is the distinction between viewing college as a place that teaches skills versus providing the right sort of environment for growth and development. In that report of 2016, they note that 47 of those surveyed in 2011 thought that college should be about skills and knowledge, and 35% thought it should be about personal and intellectual development. In the 2016 report, 50% of adults thought college was about specific skills, and 35% thought it was about broader personal and intellectual development. For those with only high school or less, 56% thought of college in terms of learning skills. However, 47% of those with a graduate degree thought that college was about personal growth. It's interesting that those without a college degree placed such emphasis on learning skills, and those who had at least one graduate degree put the emphasis on something broader and less tangible. I can't help but wonder if an important part of all of this is that college is a time when you learn to see and understand things you didn't know or understand before, including your need to see and understand more things. One of those things is the appreciation of a developing in ways that are simply not very easily quantifiable. So it may be partly that going to college is an important component of what helps one learn to appreciate personal development. One of the statements from the report reads as follows. The further people have progress in their college career, the more likely they are to consider their experience very useful. Those with a postgraduate or professional degree are more likely to say that their college education was very useful in each of these respects. Of course, a possible problem with such a point is that Democrats and Republicans, ah, uh, surprise, 
differ significantly on these questions? No, not really a surprise. In the Pew research, Democrats saw the skills aspect and the personal aspect as basically the same in importance. So 43% thought that the skills were most important, and 42% thought that growth and development was most important. In contrast, 58% of Republicans placed the emphasis on skills, and only 28% thought that personal or intellectual growth should be the focus. A further figure is interesting. Democrats with at least one graduate degree differ significantly in terms of age. Of those aged 18 to 29, 43% see higher education as being about developing as a person. In contrast, for those who were older than that number, it was about one-third. Those of you listening almost assuredly know that the value of attending college has recently come under considerably more scrutiny. Yet that claim itself needs further explanation. For it's not simply that everyone is questioning whether college is worth it. In an article published by Inside Higher Ed titled Public Opinion on Value of Higher Ed Remains Mixed in July of 2022, Megan Brink provides some helpful data regarding how people of various ages and party affiliation view the value of college. By the way, I'm assuming that everyone is clued into the use of the term college. In the UK, for instance, the term college doesn't mean the same thing, and people talk about having gone to the university or to the uni. Anyway, in a survey conducted by Public Agenda, respondents were given two statements and then asked to say which of those two best reflects their view. So here's statement one. A college education is a questionable investment because of high student loans and limited job opportunities. Here's statement two. A college education is still the best investment for people who want to get ahead and succeed. 60% of Democrats agreed with the statement two. 59% of Republicans agreed with statement one. Those stats probably aren't surprising. What might be a bit more surprising is that young adults with college degrees were split almost evenly. 49 agreed with the first statement, 50%, 51% agreed with the second statement. The author provides a rather negative quote about college from someone simply identified as being age 20, black, female, and having attended college but not having finished a degree. And this person says, and I quote, some people went to college for four years and then don't even have a job with the degree they have. It's money wasted and time wasted. I think college is very overrated and overpriced. The amount of people that go to college and the people that drop out doesn't add up. Surprisingly, this quote isn't analyzed in the article. They simply just mention it. The first sentence about people not having a job that directly relates to a degree is often true. But that's actually one of the virtues of going to college. That may sound odd, but I think it's actually one of the virtues and not a vice. There are schools, of course, like a barber college, that will teach you a very specific skill, give you a certificate, will allow you to work in that field. But the majority of students attending college aren't looking for a specific skill, like accounting or being able to code, but are wanting to develop a variety of skills which might include accounting or being able to code, but certainly wouldn't be limited to them. Moreover, most of the skills that college teaches you 
aren't really narrow in that sense. I've used the example of critical thinking, something that isn't connected to a specific major or course. Sure, you can take a course on logic, which is usually taught in the philosophy department. As a philosopher, I firmly believe that we train students to think clearly and critically. But critical thinking isn't the property of the philosophy department. Students can learn the skill in a variety of courses. Indeed, the kind of critical thinking that you'd learn in, say, philosophy or English or sociology or physics is going to be slightly different than the others, which is why studying these different subjects give you different but complementary viewpoints. All of that is to say that most of a college education is not about giving you a set of skills like being able to use Excel or type so many words per minute. There are trade schools that teach exactly those things. Of course, it's not uncommon for graduates with business majors to be told on the first day of the job, forget what you learned about business in college. Or to give a different example, one I've used before, a faculty colleague in the economics department of the school where I taught would say, to the, following, would say the following to the graduating seniors in their capstone seminar. You will get a job before the philosophy majors. The philosophy majors will get to the corner office before you do. I will have more to say about this aspect, but I think the simplest gloss for the moment is just that philosophy forces you to think more deeply than does business. The economics professor was simply saying that the business econ students would find it easier to get a job, which of course is no surprise, whereas the philosophy majors wouldn't have it as easy at first, but then would be able to surpass those who studied business in the long run. But let's go back to that quote that I mentioned earlier. The person quoted then goes on to speak of money and time being wasted, as well as college being too expensive and overrated. These are all considerations that cannot simply be batted away with a quick argument or rhetorical flourish. I mentioned in the pensee earlier of this week that there are about 4,000 colleges and universities in the United States. I have no doubt that there is education out there that's not particularly helpful, and some of that unhelpful education is probably also expensive. I'm not just talking about the University of Phoenix and other for-profit schools. The sheer number of colleges suggests that they can't all be doing the same job of educating students. Yes, there are accrediting agencies that try to regulate universities and colleges, but the differences from one school to another are often very significant. I'm sure there are schools that are overrated and overpriced, probably a whole lot of them. The school where I taught was often written up in places like Money Magazine as being an educational bargain, not necessarily what I, as an educator, would want my institution to be known for being. To be blunt, I think the education that students received in my department was excellent. Probably other departments were excellent too, though I'm not really competent to make such judgments. Of course, students and parents still thought the tuition was too much. I remember one student casually mentioning that we college professors must make a lot of money given how much students paid in tuition. I had to point out that some faculty were eligible for SNAP, or what used to be called food stamps. But here I think we need to turn to one of the most outspoken opponents of higher education, Matt Walsh. In a post from 2021, he claims the following, I don't have a college degree and I spend my days educating PhDs about basic scientific facts. What does that tell you about our education system? 
One would assume this is a rhetorical question, but someone responded to the effect that what the statement told him was that, and now I'm quoting from that person, trade school and vocational school certifications tend to yield a higher return on investment than typical four-year colleges. Walsh didn't like that answer. He replied, sorry, you misunderstand. I don't think college is unnecessary. I think it's actually harmful in most cases and has an unquestionably malignant overall effect on American culture for decades now. One of his respondents then took him to task. This line of thinking, this person wrote, that no one needs a degree sounds like propaganda from China meant to keep America stupid. But of course, Walsh doesn't specify exactly what's malignant about college education. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on Walsh. It's absolutely essential that the kinds of positions he's putting forward be questioned. If you noted that I merely spoke of him putting forth a position rather than providing an argument, then you get a gold star. And here's another Walsh quote, this one from 2022, that connects to the same point. There is no good argument for going to college right out of high school. It's insane that we encourage it. Literally, no downside to taking a few years to establish yourself and earn some money before making that decision. Lots of downsides to that other approach. What's interesting about this point is that there actually are reasons to go to college right out of high school. If you know, for instance, what you'd like to do, then studying a field that connects to that is a sensible way to spend the next few years. There's no particular reason to wait. Moreover, if you don't know what you'd like to do with your life, college provides a remarkable number of excellent options that you could learn about and try on for size. Well, it might be the case that you would discover your calling by not going to college. It's actually much more likely that you'd find your calling by being exposed to a variety of ways of thinking and things that you can do. Sure, you can get a job with UPS delivering packages or become a barista at Starbucks. But neither of those things are likely to help you get a better idea of what you'd like to do with your life, though I suspect that both jobs could well serve to motivate you to go on and get an education. By the way, note that Walsh tells us that there are no good arguments for going to college straight out of high school, but he himself provides no arguments that would prove the contrary. One of the things you'd learn in college would be to provide arguments for your assertions. Here's another Walsh assertion for which there are no arguments. The university system wants kids funneled directly from high school into their institutions because they're afraid that many of the kids might otherwise find a career or vocation where college isn't necessary. It's a total scam. Having spent my adult life in academia, I can attest that the idea that colleges are scamming kids by telling them that they should go to college is simply ludicrous. But I can definitely see situations where taking a gap year, or perhaps even something longer, would be sensible. Further, although I don't want to discuss this point at the moment, I do not think that everyone should go to college, nor that college should be considered the best path forward. One of the places I've lived is in Germany, where vocational training is taken very seriously, and I think such paths should be available. Of course, you have to also factor in the fact that in Germany, only about 30% of students finish with the right kind of high school diploma 
that would enable them to get into university in the first place. At the end of the Pew report, they mention what they term a credentials gap, the idea that employers are now expecting people to have bachelor's degrees when previously that just wasn't necessary. 25% of Americans without a degree have not applied for a position that would require one, whereas 44% of those with an associate degree have not applied for a job that would require a bachelor's degree. The reason that I've included this aspect is that as we progress in our discussion, it will become increasingly important. If employers are now needing, or else simply desiring, more people with degrees, the idea of not getting one doesn't sound like a good future strategy. Yet new work done by economists might put that idea into question. A recent article is titled, Is College Worth It?, with the subtitle of the new economics of higher education make going to college a risky bet. It begins with what we've been discussing, the idea that most people in the U.S. have had positive views of higher education, though it suggests that there has been a shift. Let me quote what Paul Tuff says in this interview. People are much more skeptical of college as an institution. They don't trust it. Parents aren't sure they want to send their kids. Young people aren't convinced that they need a degree to do well. And all of that shift has happened just in the last decade. Tuff goes on to point out that just a decade ago, 98% of parents wanted their kids to go to college. Yet now, and now I'm quoting him, half of American parents say they don't want their kids to go to a four-year college. Moving from nearly 100% to about 50% in the course of 10 years is a remarkable transformation. The enrollment numbers bear this out. From 2010 to 2021, enrollment fell from 18 million to 15.5 million. As the host of the interview, Michael Barbero puts it, wow, so Americans aren't just losing faith in the idea of college, they're losing enthusiasm to attend college. For many people, getting a college degree is part of the same American dream in which you're able to buy a house. While I can't see any obvious correlation, it's discouraging that the dream of buying a house seems also to have gone by the wayside for so many. The idea that one might attend college and be saddled with so much debt that one might never pay it off is a sobering thought. As of 2023, there were 3.5 million college graduates at least 60 years of age and older that still had college debt, a total of $125 billion worth of college debt. Again, these are people who normally would be thinking of retiring soon, and yet they owe a mountain of debt. By the way, this data comes from a post online titled, Why Do So Many Older Americans Owe Student Loans? One of the things this article makes clear is that such college debt is not necessarily due to one's own education, since parents may also take out loans on behalf of their children or else co-sign on loans. Remember the statistics that college graduates earn about a half a million dollars more in the course of their lives? That may still be true, at least for some people, but it's becoming increasingly clear that this number is insufficient. It just doesn't tell you enough. When economists talk about the college wage premium, 
It tells you what some students may experience as a result of earning a degree. But the new math of higher education has become much more complicated. For if you want to measure whether going to college has a net financial benefit, and what that benefit actually might be, then you have to include everything that is involved in going to college. The most obvious aspect is what the tuition and fees are for a year. But many students need to take out loans to pay these costs, and repayment of, of these loans may take decades. In a further blog post titled, Seniors Who Defaulted on Their Student Loans Feel Hopeless, there are some stories that are difficult to hear. They discuss the case of someone named Leanne, who pursued an associate degree and then a bachelor's degree at a for-profit school. She does not think that any of her coursework gave her useful skills, but they have left her in considerable debt. She owes about $80,000 and earns less than half of that amount per year. She's in her 50s. It's hard to see her ever paying that off. Another example they provide is Maya, who took out loans in the 1980s to do an associate degree and then almost finished a bachelor's degree. However, she was forced to drop out with just a few courses left. Today, she owes more than double what she initially borrowed. Although most people born in the 40s, 50s, and 60s have experienced a net financial benefit, Maya, who was born in the 60s, never had such a boost because, well, she never graduated. Yet, even if one were to graduate, that would hardly guarantee that the math would work out in their favor. In fact, there has been a continual eroding of the so-called wealth benefit from college over the past decades. Further, even if you do find a well-paying job, if you have high levels of debt, you may find it difficult to accumulate the kind of wealth that, say, your parents might have had. But even if you were able to attend college without taking out any loans, the cost to you and your family may be so high that the value of attending college may be mm, unclear or even judged a net negative. The funds that were used to pay for college cannot be used for some other useful thing, like, say, buying a first home. Another way of putting this problem is in terms of a question. How long do I need to work in order to repay whatever costs were necessary to attend college. For someone like myself, there's not merely the cost of a bachelor's degree, but also of a master's degree and PhD. And there are what economists call opportunity costs. If you make choice A, that may preclude choice B or opportunity B. In coming up with a net financial benefit, one has to consider what one has lost by spending time and money on college rather than on a new home or a business venture. For those of us who have studied long enough to get a PhD, that means that we have effectively said no to a lot of things while engaged in studies. It should be clear at this point that either going or not going to college could affect one financially in either direction. Of course, I'm hoping that many of you listening will be asking a somewhat different question. Not is college worth it from a financial point of view, but is college worth it when one takes everything into consideration?
That, I think, is a much more difficult question, but it's a much more interesting question because not everything in life is about money. But we'll have to stop there. As you can imagine, even this aspect of value is complicated. I'm Dr. Bruce L. Benson, and I hope you'll join us for the continuing discussion about the value of higher education.